Hey, it's Leah, and this is the Big Fight Blue Soul Podcast, a podcast for those who believe in a world and a life driven by passion, purpose, and connection. A connection with ourselves, our communities, and of course, our beautiful blue planet. Join me on a journey to learn and share from those who are becoming the soil that may nourish the seed of a more conscious, sustainable, and compassionate world. Hey guys, it's Aaliyah and welcome to the Microdotion. Yes, I 100% feel very clever for coming up with that. And this is going to be a shorter format episode series where we delve into various topics regarding marine science and sustainability. And I figured, why not really get this series started with a month-long challenge? It's Plastic Free July, which if you hadn't already heard of it, it's an initiative that started in 2011 in Australia and it's gained significant impact across the globe and has transformed into what is now called the Plastic Free Foundation. I think that challenges are just important for our human condition. There's a really good episode by the Diary of a CEO, um, episode 254, talking about how we have this ability to transform our lives at any moment because humans are a part of nature and staying stagnant and staying in these bubbles of comfort, it doesn't really feel enjoyable there's this tiktok by yokelore who's an artist that i love and he talks about how you never drink from a still puddle of water in nature you always drink from a running river because that's where the movement happens that's where it's safe that's where it's healthy and that's where we should be existing but sometimes it can be hard to fully commit to those changes so i feel like challenges especially over a specific timeline can help us really build those habits. I mean, if there's anything I've learned over the past five years, it's that consistency will always be able to change your life because even when you let that habit go because you have to focus on something else, it's so much easier to start again once you've already built those neural pathways and that muscle memory. And according to the Plastic Free Foundation, 88% of participants have made at least one lasting change since participating. So to really get this going. I'm going to be releasing weekly episodes that coincide with that Plastic Free July challenge and share our goals for the week as well as different topics regarding plastics in both the marine space and in our lives. To make this easier to keep track of and to reference back to, I have made a website. It's going to be in the show notes and basically it's just putting the challenge into text form, sharing uh, the resources that I've referenced and I'm going to be talking about today, as well as having some reflection questions to really engage and create those neural pathways that shift our behavior and perspectives regarding plastic and waste. I think sometimes it can be difficult to get out of those mindsets we've created for ourselves until people start asking us questions in a different way or just ask the question really at all. And I just want to reiterate that the goal of this challenge is just to reduce your dependence on single-use plastics and unnecessary waste because we cannot change the economic system that is forced upon us that has to do with literally taking raw material, refining, manufacturing, and we're just getting the finished product. So there's a whole economic system that's making our lives revolve around plastic, but 
by shifting our individual behavior, sharing that knowledge and supporting communities and businesses who choose to make those changes, the system will be forced to respond. So we can empower ourselves to at least start making those changes. Challenge week one. It's all about building that awareness because obviously until you're aware of it, it's still going to have some impact on your life. Therapy 101, right? So how are we going to do this? One, we are going to be conducting a waste audit. So identifying anything that you toss into the bin this week. There's a super easy template that our friend Christina has made on her A Drop in the Ocean blog. I have a link to it in the show notes and on our blog that I've written for this week. The second thing I'm going to have you guys do is bring a reusable water bottle and coffee mug wherever you go. So those are the two main things that I want you to focus on this week, conducting the waste audit and just bringing a water bottle and coffee mug wherever you go. Because when we have those things, we're much more likely to use them. So just making it accessible in your life and just seeing how much you use it. And if you're saying tap water isn't as good, 64% of the time, bottled water is actually just municipal tap water or filtered tap water. So there's literally no health benefit to drinking bottled water. And there's more likely to be microplastics in it. And then if any of you listening out there are business owners, I would love for you to waste audit your own business and just identifying how much plastic goes to your customers. And at the end of the week, maybe identifying if there's any alternative ways to reduce unnecessary packaging or plastic. There's some resources in the show notes and on the blog, and I would love for you guys to just start checking those out, building that awareness. Yeah, that's pretty much all that I have for you. Let's just get into this week's topic. What the heck even is plastic? So I want us to start thinking about plastic like our best frenemy. We may think that they're here for us and we may think that they're reliable, but honestly, when you think about it, they're just kind of bringing you down. There's negative health impacts, it's cluttering your space and shitting on the planet that gave you life. When we think about what plastic is, Plastic itself is basically long chains of organic polymers that are synthesized or man-made put together through different biochemical processes. So there's these long molecules of repeating sequences and the repeating molecules are called monomers. So poly is many, mono is one, but polymers have to be manufactured from something else. The raw material is usually hydrocarbons, and that's derived from the fossil fuel industry. So whether that's petroleum, natural gas, or coal. Even when we start reducing fossil fuels as our energy sources, which is starting to be talked about in the mainstream, they are finding new markets, which is plastic, especially in developing nations with single-use sachets, but we'll talk about that a little bit more later. From these biochemical processes, using that raw material plastics are made. These resins have long, unbroken molecular change, the polymers, and from there, it can be transformed into anything you could ever believe. So the durability, the usefulness, and why it's so pervasive in our society today is by its defining characteristic, which is its plasticity. 
During that process of extraction, refinement, and manufacturing, there are heaps of potential risks that include the impacts of inhalation as well as the waste treatment of toxic and hazardous materials. Maybe you all have heard about the train that was transporting hazardous materials for PVC piping in Ohio. It derailed and basically has had negative health impacts on the people who live there as well as the ecosystems. Usually these plants are located in low income or minority communities that cannot afford or do not have the power to discourage the creation of these manufacturing plants. Or the mere presence of the plant is the reason why the rent is affordable for those low income communities there. Or these small towns are completely reliant upon that singular manufacturing plant to provide jobs for everyone in the area. So if anything negative happens from that, it becomes real complicated real quickly. There's two really good resources. One is a book that includes this topic but isn't confined to it. It's called Dark Money by Jane Mayer, which describes the Koch brothers doing this. And then there's also a great film called Dark Waters. It's available on Netflix starring Mark Ruffalo and Anne Hathaway about DuPont and Teflon, which is basically what a lot of cooking material have been made from, but it outlines how employees have suffered with the company who have researched and know full well the hazards that these employees were being exposed to, chose not to discuss that information, not pay their medical bills, and basically completely screw them over. All right, now we know what plastics are and its cycle of creation. But once it's made into whatever consumer product, basically the form that we receive it in, then what? Did you know that some scientists say we're living in the Plasticine? So the geologic time scale is defined by the types of rocks present. But as quoted, while fossils in the past have indicated when different life forms emerged, preserved plastics will be the new record of humanity's rise to global prominence. Because obviously, or if you didn't already know, the most commonly used plastics are not biodegradable. They are constantly accumulating in our environment and they can only be destroyed through really destructive thermal processes, which also contribute to toxic fumes and other negative health impacts. Sick, we've got this forever lasting plastic problem and how much of it even is out there? So according to this 2015 report, 8,300 million metric tons of virgin products have been produced to date. A 2021 report by the United Nations describes that 35% of that has ended up in the natural environment, 40% in landfills, 15% burnt, and 14% recycled. Let's try to put that in perspective because it's pretty hard for the human brain to imagine that. One ton is equal to a thousand kilograms. An African elephant biggest land animal, weighs about four to six tons. The blue whale, which is the biggest animal that's ever existed on Earth, weighs approximately 150 to 200 tons, which equals around 33 or so African elephants. Math, 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 math. The amount of virgin plastics that have ever been created equals about 50 million blue whales, or 1.7-ish billion elephants. So, like, the amount of people that are in China or India, a little bit more, but elephants. So that's a general measure of how many plastics have ever been created. 
and more is being made. And that was in 2015, so there's probably even more since then. All right, so we've got a lot of plastic, but why do we have so much plastic? Two words, billiard balls. Yeah, those little fun toys that were originally made out of ivory, aka elephant tusks. Elephants were then hunted to almost extinction and they needed an alternative material. Insert the discovery of plastics. There's a really great video that I've gotten the resources called The History of Plastic that delves into all those fun details, but it really wasn't until World War II that researchers refined plastic production to the point to be inexpensive and rapidly made. Enter successful capitalism post-World War II. Most plastic production during World War II was focused on materials for the war, but after that, plastic shifted from being this luxury item to something that anyone could have and actually really became a symbol of American culture. So when you dig into that human and cultural aspect, that's when we see how corporations and retail shaped our society and how we function. One plastic conservation scientist describes how we were really trained as a culture to accept the idea of replacing objects in a short period of time instead of the return and refill system that eventually just got replaced by what we are now using as disposables. We see that even now, it's still pervasive. iPhones and other appliances are built not to last. They're very secretive about how they're made, so you can't simply fix them yourself. Or There's actually some great websites out there that define exactly how to fix some things, but basically you're forced to get a new one or they upgrade it just a little bit, make it just a little bit better, so you wanna get that new item. Currently, Unilever, Nestle, and Procter & Gamble are aggressively advertising single-use plastics around the world. If you've ever been to Indonesia or the Philippines, you've seen those single-use like sachets and containers, water bottles, chip bags, and it's because a lot of low-income communities that are there or just the normal population there, they're not getting these massive amount of money that us in the developed world get. So they can't afford to buy things in bulk. And then these companies are saying, oh, no, no, just, just buy these things in plastic rather than the natural packaging you're used to. Then these areas often don't have the waste facilities to even deal with them. And a lot of the global north, so first world countries, Europe, North America, Australia, they're shipping their plastics to places like Asia as well. And that's where you see these insane pictures of litter all across beaches and small islands. I think this brief summary of what plastics are and the history of plastics, it just brings up two key points to consider. Human innovation, it's brilliant, and it made what was very inaccessible available for those who couldn't afford it otherwise. And I'm sure there's resources about how it was able to bring healthcare items across the world and improve standards of living. But we can't keep mass scaling items when we don't know the impact of our choices. I mean, just consider what AI is right now. It has this massive potential for good, but it also has a massive potential for our own destruction. The amount of carbon it takes to run those machines and to invent those sort of machines, 
surely plastics can be a demonstration of why we should heed caution before allowing them to be used in excess. So we shouldn't disregard the true cost of said innovations just because there's this prospect of insane wealth. Which brings me to my next point. The culture around plastics was created for the purpose of increased wealth. Capitalism is defined as successful by infinite growth, but we have finite resources. The focus of our government, our society, our success is defined by economic gain and expanse, and that's the culture that really needs to change. So obviously this isn't an easy ask when we think about it on an individual level, but we really need to start addressing the real cost of what's being destroyed. My future, your future, the future of your kids, the future of your grandkids, or if you don't want kids, <laughs> the kids of your family and friends. Right now, if the true cost of this excessive use of resources and the exploitation of people, if that was put into the equation of production, it would not be profitable to keep damaging our ecosystems and communities across the world. I think this point is kind of an excellent foreshadow to my conversation with this month's guests for our main episode. I'm just going to leave that with you there. I hope this has left you with some things to consider and given you a little bit more insight into how plastics have evolved to come into your life. But as you take on this plastic-free challenge, I just want to again remind you that the goal is not to remove all plastic from your life because that is an impossible task. It's an economic system that's forced upon us and it's not something easy to combat. The goal is really just to recognize how you can best address your plastic usage and your waste and the way you're moving through the world. It's much more effective for everyone to be doing plastic-free imperfectly than for a few people to be doing it perfectly. Small actions add up when we join together. I mean, last year, according to Plastic Free July's impact report, 140 million people participated and reduced their waste by 2.6 million tons. So that's incredible. So hopefully this will spark conversations with you and your peers, maybe to make some changes or just to encourage you to start supporting local businesses instead of these massive corporations. Because... When we stop relying on the system to feed us, the system will have to shift itself to try to work for us. Again, you can find all this info on the blog in text form. Let me know if you plan on participating, your thoughts on the episode, what you want to hear, and what you don't want to hear. I can't wait to start this journey with you all. Good luck and have a great first week of Plastic Free July. Thank you for listening to our very first Microdotion episode of the Big Fight Blue Soul podcast. We're still always looking for sponsors for the show, so please reach out via email at aliyah at bigfightbluesoul.org. So that's A-L-I-Y-A at bigfightbluesoul.org. Thank you to Dan Hennig, Track Tribe, Anna Domini, Akash Gandhi, and Telecasted for providing the free music that brings this podcast to life. This podcast was produced by me, Aliyah Siddiqui. Thank you all for tuning in. Catch you next time.